Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sysadmin School Podcast with your host, me, Mike Walton. Uh, In this podcast, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about the truth of an IT career. And what I mean by the truth is, I don't want to sit here and spin to you all of the great things about an IT career and hope that that's what you choose. I want to be completely transparent with you. I want to give you the good as well as the bad of being in a career in IT because there certainly are goods and bads. It's not all great. It's not all horrible. But there's, as with everything, there's definitely good and bad. So let's let's jump right in and let's start with the bad because I think this is something that we need to clarify right away. You need to understand what the bad things are about IT and how we can move forward and then we'll finish up with the good, which it's always good to finish up on a good note, right? So we'll finish up with the goods of IT. So let's start. Let's start with the bads. One of the first bad things about IT is sometimes it's hard to gain experience. And that is, that's a key thing. You know, it's not incredibly, depending where you live, it's not incredibly um, competitive. However, it can be hard to gain experience. A lot of times if you don't have any experience, people really aren't going to think about hiring you for anything really more than just sitting at a help desk or a knock. So gaining that experience is is really key and it's hard to do and there's a few ways you can actually gain experience. One of those is volunteer work and this really resonates with me because that's actually a lot of what I did growing up with. A lot of volunteer work. I volunteered with a rescue squad and I volunteered with a fire department. Um, great things to do as a kid, but at the same time, I use that volunteer work to help my knowledge with IT. So at 16, you know, 15, 16 years old, I was putting in a network system for the fire department who really had nothing. They had, you know, a DSL modem and that was about it connected to one computer where, you know, I ran cables, I made and ran cables through the ceiling, and then I connected everything to a single switch that was also a wireless router, and that was great, you know, it, they didn't need to spend the money to have someone professional come in and do this, and I was looking for experience, so I kind of learned on my own in that regards, and, you know, they weren't in a rush to have it done, so I got a good amount of time that I could learn and test out and try and make sure I did stuff properly. And the funny thing with that now is actually uh, probably about six months to a year ago now, actually probably coming up closer to a year ago now, I replaced all this equipment. So I replaced all this equipment that I put in when I was 16, all the wiring and equipment um, with all brand new stuff. And now obviously my experience has grown. So what I put in was more enterprise level switches, enterprise level access points, enterprise level um, router, as well as, you know, not having cables just coming down out of the wall. I actually, you know, fished through the wall, cut through sheetrock and mounted ax- mounted little points and, uh, network connections. So it was a, it was actually a good experience on my part because not only did I get to then, you know, continue my growth, but I got to see where I went, where I came from. So I got to see, you know, this is the work I did when I was 16 now, this is the work that I'm much more proud of at my age of 35 <laughs> at this point. So it was really nice to be able to go back and 
pretty much redo what I did when I was 16 and to see where I've grown. Also at, at 16, I was developing web pages. So same thing for the fire department. They didn't have a web page, but they had web hosting. Their, their, their uh, service provider company actually gave them space for web hosting, but no one knew how to actually create a web page. So I created a web page for them. Of course, it was kind of the late 90s, early 2000s types of web page, but still, regardless of that, it was a web page. By doing that volunteer work, I was I actually learned HTML, and I learned how to create a very basic web page with HTML and gain some of that experience that I could have later used on a resume and said, hey, I've implemented a network environment at this volunteer rescue squad or this volunteer fire department. And hey, I've built this web page for this volunteer fire department or volunteer rescue squad. So volunteer work is really great, and typically, especially agencies like those, they don't necessarily need to. They don't necessarily want or need to spend a lot of money. And having something like a website or really nice network is, you know, a luxury to them. They don't necessarily need it, but it's great to have it. And by volunteering your time and really just, you know, they pay for the equipment. You're not only helping them, but you're helping yourself in learning and you're giving them something that's, like I said, a little bit more of a luxury that they may not have. I, I recently upgraded a Rescue Squad uh, network equipment. Same thing. They paid for all the equipment and I donated my time to do it. And when we were done, we ran some speed tests on the actual wireless itself. Well, we ran speed tests across their internet connection. Now, their internet connection didn't change, but prior to the network upgrades, the best they were getting was about maybe 30 meg download speed. After the network changes, only replacing their equipment, not upping their internet speed, they were actually able to pull down about 70 meg of internet traffic. And then in doing others, we we're able to get, you know, up to five, 600 meg across the wireless access, the new wireless access points. So again, it's, it's really great to kind of volunteer that to give them a a luxury they don't typically have, and at the same time, it helps you. So <laughs> I've, I've gone on for a little while about that, but I think it's really important, and volunteer work is a great way to kind of get your foot in the door and do stuff. And, you know, most of these types of agencies also have people from many different backgrounds. So if you're willing to volunteer your time, it's possible you may find someone who's actually in an IT career in one of those organizations who's willing to help you or willing to mentor you and help you plan this stuff out and teach you. So it's all about, again, volunteering, putting yourself out there and making connections. And, you know, when you work with a volunteer agency, you can make a lot of connections. So we'll, mo we'll move on from there and it, volunteer work. But it's very important. I think that's probably the most – I think it's a little bit more important than the other two or falls kind of in line with these other two in terms of the whole hard-to-gain experience and what we can do to overcome it. The next one is internships. And it's the same kind of deal, but typically an internship is you're working for an actual company, maybe not a nonprofit company or volunteer agency. You're working for maybe a for-profit company. And sometimes internships are paid. So if you're willing to find a company, if you're able to find a company who's willing to pay you as well as take you under their wing and teach you and help you grow, then that's a win-win for everybody, especially for you. Because not only are you now gaining more experience and learning you're actually getting paid for it. And then that kind of falls right into the third one here is mentorships. And mentorships I find to be incredibly important and incredibly helpful 
for you growing your career. So like I said, these last two places I talked about, volunteer work and internships, both of those, if you can find them, are great places to find mentors. Like I said, if you're doing some work for a volunteer agency and you say, hey, I'm willing to volunteer my time and what I do know to give this to you, you may find someone who works in IT there who's willing to mentor you through the process or even mentor you longer. You're making those connections, which is a great thing to do because those will last much longer than this project, this volunteer project that you're doing. So I think these all kind of go together here. But mentorships, looking at the bigger picture, being able to find someone either in volunteer work or in an internship that can mentor you is super great. <laughs> super great. I'm using my super great thing here, but it's it's great because that is a that is a relationship that will grow and progress and benefit both people involved. So first one, hard to gain experience. So we've covered that. The next one is sometimes it really doesn't pay well. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, IT pays typically pretty well. And I think that's what most people see, but that really depends on the company you work for. You know, you work for a small company who maybe has a small IT department. They don't necessarily know what an IT professional should be making. And that just, that, that can be hard because I know it's hard to talk about salary. It's hard to talk about raises. It's hard to talk about a lot of things. And especially if you're in kind of like the previous one, lacking a little bit of experience, you know, you may not pay as well. My first IT job started at $10 an hour. Now, granted, I was brand, I was exactly in that boat. I was brand new out of high school going to college, and I got my first IT job at 18, making $10 an hour. Absolutely great for me. I was ecstatic, but, you know, someone maybe not fresh out of high school, that's just, that's that's not a lot of money to be making starting your IT career, and it's it can be difficult. Like I said, it's going to depend on the company, um, and a lot of companies don't really know what they should be paying IT people, especially if you become one of those jack-of-all-trades kind of people. In, in a lot of uh, companies, especially like, so one company that I used to work for, one of the things that, that we brought up quite often was IT was seen as a black hole, as a financial black hole. And the reason was because they never actually saw returns within IT. Now, you can, you can argue this quite a bit, but what a lot of people, financial like accountants and stuff, saw was, you know, they go back and they look and say, sales, yeah, we dump a bunch of money into sales. We get return on our investment. We get ROI back because we put money into sales. They sell stuff. We get money back. And same with marketing. You can see a direct correlation with, okay, we've we've dumped a bunch of money into marketing, but for every dollar we dump into marketing, we get $5 back or we get $10 back. So it's it's very easy to justify dumping money into those places. IT is a little more difficult because... It's not a direct correlation. You can argue that this software that's going to cost you ten grand is going to improve efficiencies. So this now person you have who took ten minutes to do a task, it's only going to take them two minutes to do a task with this new software. But it's not it, it's not as easily seen. Or especially the fact that, yeah, you know, we just spent ten grand on a couple new servers or a new server and it's five years later, and hey, I need another ten grand to buy a new server because this one's gotten old now. And we need something bigger and better. 
and the company really doesn't see a return on that investment. So a lot of times they don't really spend as much money as they should in IT. They don't pay their IT professionals what they should be paying them, and they don't replace equipment. So you get into this cycle of not getting paid as well as you should, and then you spend all your time fixing old, broken equipment that no one wants to replace. And that's just not a great place to be, and I've been in that place, and it's 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 kind of... I. I was in that place actually at one point and I was really uh, questioning. That was when I was really questioning my career choice and whether I wanted to move on to a different career type and get out of IT altogether. I'm glad I stuck with it, but that's certainly one of the bad things of IT is it doesn't pay well and you know sometimes you can't get the money you need for your department to do certain things. And like I said, when you spend a lot of time fixing old broken equipment, you know, you lose some of the joy of working in IT. So that's the whole bad part where it doesn't pay well and a lot of times companies don't dump money into it. Now, again, when you get to companies that understand and respect IT, things become much greater. I work for a company who really replaces pretty much all equipment, not at the same time, but goes through about a five, five-year cycle of equipment. So about every five years, we cycle through equipment. So when you get into a company like that who really values and respects IT, it's amazing the satisfaction you get because you get to deal with more new things. You don't get to, you don't have to sit there and fix broken stuff all day. So enough about that one. Let's move on to the next one. And the next one is long hours. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this one. IT can have a lot of long hours. Yes, we typically work Monday through Friday, typical business hours, but that's your normal work. Then you get into special projects, you get into server hardware, software upgrades, and depending on your business, you know, you have time frames of when you can do this work. You have maintenance windows of when you can do this work, uh, depending on certain pieces of software and hardware. So, you know, you want to upgrade an exchange server to the newest version. So how do you do that? Well, you know, you've got to wait for after hours to cut people over to the new version of Exchange. You know, you want to upgrade your domain controllers. You could do that during the day, but you typically want to save that for after hours to not affect anybody working. You need to replace hardware. You know, in that case, you may need to actually take something down and you have to make sure there are no employees working. And if you're a 24-hour business, that can get pretty difficult. And there's typically time frames of the lowest usage I found in most 24-hour businesses is somewhere between midnight and like 3, 4 a.m. is typically your really low usage uh, time frame. But, you know, if that's if that's your time frame, that's when you're up doing late night work. Um, I'm constantly, I'm constantly throughout the year up working from maybe midnight to 6 a.m. doing hardware, firmware upgrades or software upgrades or other stuff that just comes along and needs to be upgraded and it's long hours i mean those typical days i'll work all night i'll get a few hours of sleep and then i'll i'll log in and i'll work a little bit more from home so those those really um those really can weigh on you if you do them too much so you need to find that nice balance and you need to just understand they're coming it's i have not found a single it job that didn't have some form of long hours or after hours work that you had to do and like I said, I currently had two late nights upgrading hardware. And those late nights, I literally upgraded the hardware, slept, and worked again. And then I did it all the next night. 
I was probably going on about over the course of 48 hours. I was probably going on maybe six hours of sleep, if that. So it can be hard. It can be very hard sometimes to, to find that balance. And you really, you know, it's just, again, it's something you have to expect with a career in IT. You're going to be doing late night work. Very rarely do you not get to do that. Now, as you as you progress and you, as I've talked before, if you use systems administration as a pivot point, you may get some more regular hours. Developers don't always, strictly developers, don't always have to work late hours. Very rarely do they have to work late hours unless there's actually a problem going on. So again, something to just think about as you go through your IT career. Another thing that's not great about IT is there's on-call. And it's pretty self-explanatory. There's always an on-call shift. And depending on the company, it's going to be, it can be different. So you need to just accept that. Accept that there's going to be, most likely going to be an on-call schedule that you are going to be a part of. And typically it rotates. If you have a, you know, two-person IT department, it really is not good because then you're on call about every other week. If you have, say, a 10 15-person IT department, it's a lot better. You're on call maybe twice a year. So again, depends on the company, but it's something that's not that great. It just means, you know, you have to be available. You It kind of kills your weekends. You don't necessarily can go anywhere or do too much because you need to be ready to respond should a problem occur or you need to log in and fix something or contact other people. So on-call is kind of something that whenever I interview somebody for a systems administrator position, I, it's one of the questions I always ask them is, how do you feel about being on call? And most people who have been in an IT career already or an IT job, they're typically kind of shake their head and they giggle and say, yep, I'm fine with it. I know it comes with the job. And that's true. It, an on-call schedule really does come with the job. So next, little appreciation. And this, again, kind of depends on the company you work for. But, you know, I've, all, I've, said it a, I've said it a bunch, probably not here, but I've said it a bunch to friends and other coworkers that if I'm doing my job appropriately, people don't know I'm here. People really don't know I'm here. If I do my job appropriately and everything stays up and working and my upgrades are seamless and don't affect users, no one really knows who I am. So you don't get necessarily appreciation from fellow coworkers. Now, you should hopefully get appreciation from your boss and other maybe direct coworkers, but you're not necessarily going to get appreciation from employees. Again, I've worked for companies who are like this. They just, I don't think they're being mean or they just don't care. I think they just don't know. I just think they know that systems are running and what really sticks in their mind is when something breaks and they, something breaks and you have to come over and fix it. That's when they see you. They don't see you the other 364 days of the year that Exchange was up and running with no problems. They see you the one day that Exchange had a hiccup and they can't get to their email. So it's again something if you're if you're looking if you if someone looking for constant appreciation, constant um, what's the word I'm looking for? Constant affirm constant confirmation that you're doing a good job. IT may not be the career for you. Now, I am guilty of that in that I don't need constant confirmation that I'm doing a good job, but I like that feedback to know that, hey, you did a good job on that, or hey, you, you, really, you really need to step it up a little bit over here. Uh, I like that feedback. That's just me, but it's something that I don't have to have. 
it's nice to have, but I don't have to have it because I understand that a lot of times in IT, you don't get that just because people don't know what you're doing. They don't, especially employees, non-IT people don't know what you're doing. So good. Moving on. Another bad. And this is, you can take this however you want. It's my last bad. So it kind of, I think it kind of segues into the good because you can kind of go either way with it. But IT, especially, and it's really been a long time, but especially here recently and, you know, probably over the last 10, 15 years, IT moves super fast, crazy fast. Unlike a lot of careers, if you're out of IT, if you work in IT and then you get out of IT and don't do anything in IT for two years, you're behind. You were pretty, you're, you're pretty decently far behind because of just how fast everything moves. And it's just, it's crazy how fast stuff moves. So you have to constantly be learning. If, if you are looking for a career where you can do what you need to do to bring yourself up to speed on that career and then, you know, not have to worry about learning anything, reading articles, getting new certifications, testing new software and new hardware. If that is not something that you enjoy doing, IT is probably not the career for you. Everything changes. I, you know, I've been in the IT field since 2000 and really 2000, uh, 2000, 2001. And just crazy, absolutely crazy. The amount of change that I've seen in that short amount of time. Now I can only imagine people who've been in the IT career for 30 plus years and what they've seen. So that is one thing about IT and, and a lot of other careers, but IT especially is you, you have to constantly be learning. You can't just be content with what you know and expect to stay in the career for very long. It's just, you just can't do it. What you knew five, 10 years ago, most of it does not even apply nowadays in IT or only applies in companies who are using really, really old software, really, really old hardware. And you just have to keep learning. So you have to expect that you continue to grow, continue to learn. And I'm going to do a quick shameless plug here. This is why this is why I have a lab. This is why I build my lab. This is why I've maintained my lab over the years is so I can continue to learn. You know, new software comes out that maybe my business is not ready to implement yet. So what do I do? I download a trial and I install it in my lab and I play around with it. Or, you know, maybe a project's coming down the pipe and I'm going to have to upgrade this server. So what do I do? I set up a lab in my lab and I, you know, do all the testing and learning right there. I don't have to actually, you know, learn as I'm doing it live. I can actually learn it in an isolated environment. So as I said, my shameless plug here is my, if you haven't seen it, my ebook, which is um, $400 lab basically how to build a lab for less than $400. And you can get that by going to $400lab.com. That's 400, the word dollar, lab.com. All right, shameless plug over. <laughs> and that is my list for the bad. Now, we're getting kind of long into here, but I'm going to, we definitely need to go through the good. So, because this is really what, this is really what pushes me. This is what keeps me in this career. And it's really... There's a lot of really good about it. So I'm going to start with just the fact that it's a great career. I'm not going to sugarcoat that part. I absolutely love my career. I couldn't see myself really doing anything else other than IT. It just, I love it. And for the reasons that I'm going to list here. So helping others. 
I mentioned that I do a lot of volunteer. I did a lot of volunteer work growing up, and even up until a few years ago, I was still very active in volunteer work, rescue squad, fire department, and part of that was I enjoyed helping others. I really helped, liked helping others. So IT worked that way. You know, some people just don't care about. They just don't care about technology. Don't care about learning the newest thing. But when it comes to it. They may need to know how to use the new iPhone, or they may need to know how to use the new computer, or how to get rid of a virus, or how to upgrade, or how to use this service. And, you know, I'm kind of the person that a lot of people in my family and my neighborhood even come to when they need computer support. And that's up to you whether you want to do that, but I enjoy helping people. Like I said, this one's really for me, and I really enjoy helping coworkers, clients, neighbors and and what I really enjoy the most and why I'm doing this whole website podcast thing is I really enjoy helping people that are new to IT. When I see somebody that is incredibly excited and wants to learn about something or specifically asks me, "Hey, can you show me about this?" I am just <laughs> I'm so happy because I love sharing what I know. I've had so many people help me over the years, and I want to give that back, and I love helping people that are new to IT. I love acting as a mentor to somebody. So that's one of the great things. If you enjoy that part of life, IT is a great career for you. You know, it doesn't seem like it when I say it, but trust me, once you get into it and you start helping others and teaching others, it's just, it feels so great. It feels amazing. All right, moving forward. IT is probably the best career, in my opinion, in terms of other than, you know, really owning your own business. IT is one of the great careers that provides amazing flexibility. Again, depending on the company you work for, but for the most part, it's super flexible. I work from home two days a week. So out of the five days a week I work, two of them I work from home, where I literally get out of bed. I mean, I do everything the same. I get dressed. I take a shower, get dressed, eat breakfast. But instead of driving 30 minutes to work... I walk upstairs and walk into my office, and I sit down, and I work from there. And that's super convenient because now I can take the dog for a walk in the middle of the day. I can save a little bit of money on gas. There's a lot of things. I have all the convenience of being at my house. If I want to make me some additional coffee or something, I have everything here. And my hours are extremely flexible. So, I mean, I'm a new dad, as some of you may know, but um, having that flexibility, you know, when, when we started going back to work, my wife and I, when we went back to work, you know, her schedule is set. That's just it. Her schedule is set. She really can't do a whole lot with it. She certainly can't change her entire schedule, but I can. So when we went back to work, I started going to the office about 30 minutes later because our daycare didn't open until seven. Typically I was in my office at seven or in the office at seven, but daycare didn't open until seven. So I had to drop my daughter off at daycare and then go into the office. So I changed my schedule. So I was going in 30 minutes later and leaving 30 minutes later. And that's the great thing. And you know, when something comes up like, Hey, daycare closed or she's sick, I work from home. I work from home or I say, Hey, I need to take this day off. And if there's nothing crazy going on, Hey, I got the day off. No big deal. And it even works, like I said, again, depending on your company and the setup of the company, we have everything we have. We use all the Office 365 products, and we use all the Microsoft products. So I have a meeting in the middle of the day, no big deal. I go to my home office, I fire up my computer, I hop on the meeting via webcam, and I'm right there in the meeting from home, no big deal. 
So that is one of the amazing things about IT that I find most people are jealous about. <laughs> that when, you know, something's going on or, you know, the HVAC guy needs to come or someone needs to come repair something at home, hey, I just work from home that day. I get my work done, they come, I'm here for them. If a package is being delivered, I don't want it sitting out on the front porch, I work from home that day. So that's one of the great things about IT is you just the flexibility of the schedule. It's just, it's so flexible because with IT nowadays, you can work from pretty much anywhere you want. <laughs> pretty much anywhere. As long as you have a good internet connection, you're set. Great. All right, so we're on to that one. So the next thing, this one, this one was actually... Uh, was actually one of the downfalls too, but IT can pay very well. So if you, like you said, you know, it can pay very badly, but at the same time, if you're in the right field with the right company and you have the right knowledge and experience, IT can pay pretty well. If you look and, and a lot of IT pay is dependent on location. So obviously someone in San Francisco and in in somewhere like that is going to pay, you know, a lot better than say someone out in, you know, Roanoke, Virginia. They're going to pay better depending where you're at, but typically that's going to match where you're living. You know, you're not going to get a San Francisco pay, like I said, in Virginia, just because the lifestyle is different. You know, things aren't as expensive in Virginia as they are, say, in California. So, so that's where it is. But, but that's the nice thing is that it can be extremely profitable. <laughs> it can be extremely. You can get paid very well in IT if you have the right knowledge, the right experience, and the right responsibilities. And that's the truth. If you just, you know, just browse some job descriptions, take out, look at, um, just look at some places like Glassdoor or some other job sites, or even uh, payscale.com is a great one where you can put in information. And basically people put in information, typically somewhat anonymously, and it just compiles all that data and gives you a graph based on what you're making and where you live and other people who've put in information of what they're making, it kind of shows you where you are in that in that graph. Um, so you can see, and the good thing about the cool thing about that site is you can see what you know what some of the top level people are making, and uh, it's it's easily in the six figures. You know, it's it's not it's not pennies. It's you can make some really decent money in IT again if you know where to go, what you're doing. And if you're working for the right company, who's willing to, who understands that you're worth that money. Um, and that's just, again, huge. And that's a whole nother thing we can talk about, uh, talk about later is, you know, how do you make sure that you get that right pay for your job that you're applying for, that you have. But IT can pay very well depending on what you're doing and where you want to go. Uh, so one quick example, I was looking, I was just looking around, um, I wasn't actually looking for a job, but I was on a company that, uh, a software company that we use, I was on their website, and their website actually had a forum, and on the forum, sometimes people will post job descriptions on there, and this job description was a, it was very specific, it was a very specific developer for this specific software, and starting salary was about $109,000. So, and that was in Virginia. So, give you kind of an idea that, you know, there's a lot of places. And this, this is very specific. So, I know there's probably very, there's a very limited pool of people who fit that category. But, at the same time, that's not pennies. That's a decent pay for somebody in IT. 
Um, and then really is obvious, like most businesses and most, most jobs, you know, the, the pay is just increasing as we go. So something to keep in mind, like I said, it can pay very bad, but at the same time, if you get in with the right company and the right experience in the right place, it can pay very, very well. All right. IT also, as I've found, has an amazing community. Um, it has a great, amazing community of people that will help you. I don't know if, if you check out some of the things. Like I go to Stack. I'm not a developer, but I go to Stack Overflow a lot for uh, PowerShell stuff and looking into why something's not working. And it's just the amount of people that will respond to your questions. You know, some are jerks, some are trolls, and will you know not respond nicely. But for the most part, people respond very appropriately and very nice to you and want to help people who have problems. Um, any of these types of forms, Stack Overflow, um, Tech Tips, uh, Tech Republic actually was one I used to look at all the time. They have these just these forms, and people are just so willing to to help you. You put in there what you want or what problem you're having and they'll help you. Even the even the Microsoft Microsoft site even has a community forum where you'll get Microsoft, you'll actually get Microsoft experts, Microsoft employees um, answering your questions. And you know, if it's something that seems bigger than what they can answer, they'll even say, "Hey, we need you'll need to open a a support case on this." But understanding that and saying and the fact that they're taking the time to read what you're posting and reaching back out to you and saying, hey, you know, I ran into this too. This is what I did to fix it. Or, hey, this is probably the problem you're running into. It's just, to me, it's amazing. It's an amazing community. And I know there's a lot of different types of communities out there for different types of jobs, but I feel like the IT community is a great one. There's a really good community of people around the world who are really willing to help you with problems that you may be having with you know, your systems, whether it's Exchange, whether it's Microsoft Linux, Hyper-V VMware, um, the list could go on, even developing C++, C Sharp, you know, um, Java, Python, whatever, whatever you're, really whatever you can imagine within IT, there is someone out there willing to help you if you're having a problem. And I think that's just absolutely amazing. Now, I talked about this last time, but I think this is a really positive part of IT is the fact of, of your ability to grow. Um, I've found, I, I thought for a while that I was very limited in terms of where I could grow with IT. And, and I had a manager once tell me, you know, there's, there's really a couple different ways you can grow in IT. One is you can take the managerial path and you can, you know, manage a team of people and you can go that route if that's what you want. If that's not your cup of tea, you can expand in the technical side, and you don't have to go the manager side. You can expand and grow on the other side and never manage people. If managing your people's, if people is not your cup of tea, then you grow the technical side, and you get better, and you get, you know, you get more important, highly visible product or um, projects. And I'll admit, pretty much everything that I work on now. Is incredibly high visible, high visibility. Yeah, and by high visibility, I mean if it's broken, people know immediately. Website, phone systems, email, chat, and video chat. Those types of systems are what I mainly work on. And if those aren't working, 
it only takes a couple minutes for someone starts yelling or screaming, <laughs> hey, this isn't working, hey, this isn't working, what's going on, what's going on? So, and I'm happy to take on those responsibilities. So as your career grows, if you don't want to go the manager side, which I have not, you can grow on the other side and you can become more responsible for these types of high-level projects and high-level systems that really require a level of expertise to, to manage and keep up. So IT gives you a great place to transition into other places of IT. So systems administration, place you can transition to other parts of IT. I talked about this last time and using it as a pivot point, but it's totally a good part of IT that I've had enough involvement with developers at this point that if I wanted to switch and become a developer, it wouldn't be that difficult. I'd have a little learning curve because I don't do development every day, but I have that possibility in my back pocket. If I just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I don't want to do systems administration anymore. I would love to develop C-sharp applications, or I'd love to develop web applications. I could make that transition fairly simply within the same company just because we have those type of people. So that is, to me, a good, it's a very good thing about systems administration IT in general is that if one part of IT doesn't necessarily make you happy, there's other areas you can transition into that may make you happy. So using it again, as I mentioned in the last one, as a pivot point is a great thing to keep in the back of your mind and understand and think about as you improve or build up your career. Now, last thing, last last good I have on this list here. If you're like me and you really enjoy working with technology, you really will never feel like you're actually working. I really, I mean, there's some days, of course, but for the majority of the time, the projects that I get to work on and the software, hardware, and people I get to work with, I really don't feel like I'm working a lot of times. I feel like I am just playing with the same stuff I played with as a kid, you know, that my dad would bring home and I would rebuild computers or rebuild servers. Or I'd say, hey, this look cool. Let's see if I can do this with this. It just doesn't, like everyone says, you know, if you do what you love, you don't feel like you're working. And that's how I truly feel that about IT is I love what I do. And most days, like I said, there's always those days, but most days I really don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm going into a company and I'm playing around with some equipment they have and helping them for the better. And that is all just great for me. So that's my list, the good, the bad of IT. So in reality, as I've labeled this podcast, this is the truth about a career in IT. Again, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I want you to know the good and the bad because I want you to make an informed decision. It's not going to help me at all if you decide to go into systems administration and absolutely hate it. There's, I get nothing out of that. I want you to go into a career that you love, and I'm really hoping that this list is going to help you determine whether IT is a great career for you. So with that, I would love to hear what you think. So feel free to, you know, if you're, if you're on the site, leave a comment below. If you're not, you know, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at MikeWalton84, and I respond to you as quickly as I can. But if you're on the site, go ahead and leave a comment down below. I'd love to see what you think. If you have any thoughts or anything you want to add, anything you want to add to the good or the bad, the bad sections, I'd love to hear them. 
uh, and think about subscribing. If you really like this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe. You can get new podcasts as I release them and also new emails from me. Again, I don't sell anything directly within my emails. My emails are just for you for informational purposes and letting you know when I have new content out for you. So with that, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I will talk to you later.